Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... Welcome everybody. Let's see, let's see. Getting Mikeation on the line. Mike C ten. Let me just say, uh, what I didn't expect is that within thirty seconds there would be forty-three people watching you. I find myself thinking to myself. Why would 43 people, now 51, just be like, snap, ready to look at Noah Rubin? It's not me, it's you. No, I mean, that's clearly not true. That's such a lie. Huge lie, and a weird way to start the mental health forum. (laughs) Hi, buddy. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm coming in hot. Uh, Feeling feeling a little bit uh, angsty. Okay. uh, Right now, But, but otherwise, you know, all things considered, I'm okay. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, Did you press the record on your little thing so we can put this for people who don't, uh, aren't able to actually join us? I did. I did. Okay. I'm proud of you. So before we go into talks, this is starting my mental health week. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. I obviously have a great group of guys together that we're going to do lives and Behind the Rackets is going to be kind of a new forum, an educational platform, and we're kicking it off with a live podcast with my producer and co-host, Mike C. Tennis. I have to be, I mean, you could just put me as the host ahead of time as opposed to just the producer. I mean, the producer is just like that guy who's behind the scenes and just like, you know, you kick him when you're down kind of a thing. But I kick you when, I'm, when we're down regardless. I you kick me very, when you're up. I mean, when I'm up. You know, to be honest, <laughs> it's actually far more impressive to be a producer than anything else. You are watching live streaming on the USTA Pro Circuit. Indeed, you are. <laughs> uh, this is about as close as you're going to get for, for quite some time. So, uh, so thank you, Adrian. Just to kind of give you a heads up, we will be doing uh, about a 18 to 22-minute podcast and then finish it off with a 5 to 10-minute Q&A. So stick around. This will be talking about mental health, kind of how we're feeling through all of this, some of our journey through mental health and tennis in the beginning, and, you know, and how we've come into each other's lives yeah it's just because you showed up i mean really <laughs> really that's all that that all that happened um no i mean you yeah that it was charlottesville um when you when you won in charlottesville it the first time i actually talked to you was literally after you won yeah when you 
say it out loud, it doesn't, I don't recall that being the first time we actually. At 100%, it was the first time we talked because you, you asked me about my history with the wild cards given out by the USTA, whether somebody who won a challenger, whether it was pretty much locked in that they won a wild card to whatever, you know, next major was coming up. And so I said, yeah, it, that's been the case in my history. What was that? What year was that? 2015, 16? 15. 15? Going to I, 16, yeah. Yeah, so I'd said, yeah, in my two years of doing it, that was absolutely the case. But, uh, you know, you did well. Yeah, it was fun. Yourself. Yeah, it was fun. Um, everybody watching throughout this program, you can either put the questions as just a comment or in the question box. We will get to them at the end. Feel free, put as many questions there as possible. We will definitely reach them in the end because um, Mike likes knowing that people admire him, which is crazy to think about. Um, Mike doesn't fall off his chair again. This will be a disappointment. That is from uh, your lovely girlfriend, Jamie. <laughs> Um, let me, let me, yeah. So let me talk about what I've been doing in my, uh, isolation for those who yes. might not be, um, familiar. Uh, I've been playing poker a lot, uh, in this particular chair. Um, I stream it on twitch.tv slash Mike C tennis. And yes, uh, so we're going to get into the mental health side. Yes. My mental health rides this very big uh, roller coaster when I'm playing poker because it's the, you know, much like you guys when you're playing, and this is, I, I think this is actually going to turn into a serious discussion uh, about mental health here. Much like when you guys are playing, I need to win. And like that, that idea of if I fail, if I have failed at my poker, if I have failed in this tournament, I have failed as a human being. And so my mental health on that particular aspect really is a struggle. Um, and I think that's a good way to kind of kick it off about talking about our, our own mental health struggles. But yeah, it's, it's been really hard for me to kind of, if I don't have immediate success early in a poker session, mm -hmm. I struggle. Okay, and I think this goes to the overall theme of self-worth, Yes, if I'm not mistaken. And it's kind of coming down, which, I'll have when we're playing a dumb tennis clash on the phone or I'm playing Xbox or I'm playing Frisbee outside or throwing <laughs> a ball. It could be anything. And I get this feeling and I'm like, wait, what am I worth? Like, why am I doing this right, <laughs> right now? And why am I losing at something I don't care? And I'm still losing and it's unbelievable. And I, I just don't understand. And, and I think this comes to an overall theme of a lot of us can't do what we love, can't do what we actually want to do. So we put all our, competitiveness and passion and spirit into something and you want to see that succeed even at the lowest level but i mean talk us through i mean how has that been not being on the road i mean you're somebody who is like i tell a lot of people working harder than most of the players you are going monday through sunday at a tournament and you leave that sunday and you go to the next one how yeah is that um i miss it uh, immensely um and I wish I could say something more deep about it. I, I, I miss, it's not so much the going on the road side. It is truly, I miss you guys. I miss the camaraderie. Um, I miss people. Um, and I think that's pretty standard for so many people right now in, in terms of just missing that human interaction. Um, that we all just kind of 
miss just interacting with each other. Like I, I do miss, miss seeing you and actually having some of those uh, dinners and coffees and things like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been very difficult. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've talked about this a lot right now is this understanding that the things that we took for granted, I mean, we always talk about this, but like, you're running to the bathroom in between mm. matches, and I'm stretching after a match or pre-match, whatever it be, and we have the two seconds, we're like, hey, how are you, blah, blah, blah. and then we go on, and I think right. just that feeling, we miss a lot, and, you know, you know, we get to this point of, what do we do now? What are we waiting for? What are we working towards? What are the next steps? And for you, how have you dealt with the roller coaster of emotions in solitary many times? Yeah. How do you deal with that? Yeah. Um, and I want to uh, answer Joe uh, Prodigy ENG on, on Instagram, who asked me about some of the financial hardships of being a, um, a self employed, an independent contractor as a broadcaster. I have received just a, a little bit of. Um, financial support. The USTA, is, who's been my longtime employer since 2013, when I first started um, as a broadcaster on the tennis side, um, they took care of me for for some of the events that I missed at the beginning um, of this situation. So, so financially, right now, I'm okay. Um, I, I I can probably at this point make it to the end of the year. Um, but yeah, it's it's been just that that idea of what, what is the self-worth? Where, where does that come from? I'm um, making sure that I'm a, a good parent right now, as a lot of people who are, are at home and, and their kids are you know, done with school until August or September. You try to make sure that you're the best possible parent that you can be in this, these moments. Um, and I'm, I'm really proud of that. And, and my daughter, Marnie, has, uh, has really progressed. Um, and I, I think my relationship right now with my uh, my ex-wife, um, we, we are in such a good place and, and we're working really hard towards, towards making sure that she's taken care of. Um, but the self-worth aspect, I've been in therapy on and off since I was 13 or 14 years old. Um, the self-worth comes and goes. Depression comes and goes. Um, and I, I think I'm at, a, I'm at a point, all things considered, I'm actually okay. Um, and at the same time, I struggle. Um, you know, I, like Dennis Kudla just popped in a, a couple seconds ago and asked, you know, whether the handshake will survive. And I'm just like, fuck, I would give anything to give Dennis Kudla a handshake right now. And, and you know, I, I miss, I see him doing all these cooking uh, shows right now on the Tennis One app. But I like, that's the thing. We're all missing this human connection. Yeah. And, and that's the most important thing. And, and so much of our self-worth is de defined by our jobs. Same thing with, with a lot of these tennis players. Fuck, man. Like, if that's what our self-worth is defined as, then we probably need to reevaluate, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I want to go into what we've dealt with in the past and other things like that. But staying on what we're dealing with right now, a lot of people have asked me. I mean, I'm, I'm a tennis player. I mean, for me, I get my fix, whether it's just hitting a ball outside. And I know that's just a minor, minor part of it. But for somebody that's like you that has not necessarily the tennis player aspect, but you need, how do you get your fix of tennis? Do you have withdrawals just from watching it? Are you okay with being away from it? You know, where, cause I, you know, it's, it's been X amount of years in the, in tennis since before that you were a basketball broadcaster and everything else. So where does this all come from? Where do you get that fix? Yeah. The, the, the poker streaming has been crucial for me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
just to be able to interact with people again. Um, here in Oklahoma, they, uh, as of Friday, just completely opened everything back up. Uh, so theoretically, I could just go meet humans at the bar. Uh, I was talking to you the other night right. um, after I'd had a couple of drinks and was completely yelling at people, uh, which is probably not for the best. But regardless, uh, I could go back out, but I, I know it's not the right thing to do. Um, so I'm I, for me, the ability to stream uh, my poker at twitch.tv slash Mike Tennis, the ability to talk to you and do these podcasts have been crucial. Um, just to be able to, again, have some sort of human interaction. Um, I understand you have been doing some therapy of late. Um, I tried to find a therapist right before uh, all of the quarantine happened here and haven't been able to find somebody um, that kind of worked with with me. Right. Um, but I, I, I wish I had that as an, uh, something to fall back on right now. But that's, um, you know, again, it's something I just wish I could have, have found, but I, I, I can't right now. So I'm... I'm thankful that you're able to find somebody you're working with and also um, I know you're working with a, a new group to try and help people find some some better resources themselves yeah it's a necessity I'm coming up with an app that just basically connects people on a easier more efficient way rather than social media um, but yeah I mean going into it I, I started behind the racket and as soon as I wanted I knew I wanted to do a podcast, Besides you being the first person that comes to mind and besides your tennis ability and the way you speak and hold yourself, you went through a lot of shit. And then that's, yeah. you know, that's kind of, you know, the way to go about it. You went through a lot. So you understand just how important it is to not only take care of a broken bone, but what's going on in your mind and what you're feeling and what you're thinking. Bring us through. I mean, you know, we, we don't have an hour here, but bring us through you know, kind of your journey through mental health and how that has been, you know, you know, an ongoing struggle for you. So, like I said, I've, I've been in therapy off and on since I was about 13 or 14 years of age. Um, depression never goes away. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's just kind of ingrained in you. Um, I think there is still that stigma of, you know, the idea of like, Oh, you're just going to be blaming your parents for what happened to you earlier in your life, blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's not the case. My parents are both incredibly supportive people who have taken care of me in so many different ways over um, the many, many years. Um, but it's just something that's ingrained in me. So I, I've been in therapy off and on since I was about 13 or 14. The big um, catalysts in my life in terms of getting me back into therapy and then also getting me into antidepressants, um, which is a difficult thing to talk about, but the um, I've had two significant breakups of two relationships that both went eight years. The last one being my divorce with my ex-wife, with whom I, I had a daughter, um, my, my beautiful daughter, Marnie. Um, the last one, the divorce... The idea of failing uh, at, a, at, a, at a relationship, at a marriage specifically, um, that got to be a point that it was, it was too much to take. It was in the midst of the, the tennis season. I was about to go um, to Tiburon, one of our favorite stops, Noah. And I believe actually you brought me a cake that year. Um, yep. But, but um, <laughs> that's when, when my marriage ended. And I just got to this point where it was just like I, I had to go because I had to come up with money because all of a sudden I was going to be living on my own. And uh, here I was just by myself and just this idea of, oh, my God, what is 
what does this mean that I failed as, as a husband? I failed as a father. Um, so I, I, I had to come to grips with that. It was hard. Um, I spent four days in a mental health institution. Um, I missed my best friend's wedding where I was going to be the best man. I missed the opportunity to give the best man speech at my best friend's wedding. Um, but he was the one who put me in. He was the one who was taking care of me at the time and said, you have to go here because you are going to lose this battle with yourself. Um, and that was the best decision that, that collectively we could have possibly made at the time. It put me back on the right track getting involved with therapy um, just so I could realize that my self-worth wasn't reliant necessarily on a relationship. It wasn't reliant on who I am in relationship to other people, i.e. broadcasting. It doesn't rely on my relationship with you guys as players. It doesn't rely on my relationship as a husband. It doesn't rely on my relationship as a father. It's about who I am with myself. Um, and so I got back into therapy. I got back onto an antidepressant. Um, and I'm still on that antidepressant and it's been about three and a half years. Um, and that's hard to take at times, you know, that just that idea of like, oh yeah, you're still relying on this thing, but it, it's crucial. And especially at this time, um, when, when we're all struggling in our own ways right now, there are not too many people who are doing really well. Um, but I, I, it, it has helped kind of just given me this baseline. Um, and, and let me see if I'm Oddfi uh, asked just kind of what depression is for those who don't have it. Um, and that's really a tough question to, to answer yeah. um, because depression hits people in different ways. Um, I, I can tell you, Oddfi, for me, what it, what it just means is just this I idea that you are not um, worthy of others' attention, others' love. That's how it hits me. For other people who deal with depression, it is a completely different aspect um, but for me, it's it's about, you know, that that idea of being worthy of love. Um, so I, I, I just know that for me, what's been most crucial is the ability to talk to people, um, both in a, on a professional side in terms of the therapy, as well as friends, family members, Noah, believe it or not, and as well as finding the, the medication side to make sure that um, – I'm at a, at a point where, yeah, I'm going to still have those swings where I'm going to have some up days, some down days, but more of them are going to be here. And I'm not at a point where I'm a danger to myself. So where you've dealt with this, I'm not going to say you've come out of it. Like you said, it's still within you, will always be within you. But where do you find the hope? Where is the hope for you? Is it day in, day out? Are you looking for different things to grasp onto? Where is the hope for you? Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting because uh, I, I don't know about you, know, but I see so many people who are um, saying things along the lines of, you know, Dennis Kudla asked uh, about the handshake, right? Um, whether there's going to be a handshake right now. I want to hug the hell out of everybody right now. Um, and that's my hope is I, I want to... Sorry, Noah, but I want to hug the hell out of you right now. Like, you know, like I, I, I miss that. I know that human interactions, once we get to the other side of this, this idea of, you know, whenever we do find, um, whether it's a proper treatment or it's a vaccine, we're going to have the ability to have human interactions that are at a different level. Yeah. Um, and I miss that immensely i miss you 
I miss my parents. I miss my brothers. I am all alone here in Oklahoma. And the one person who I hug right now is my daughter. And she's not a hugger. <laughs> uh, bless her heart. Like that's just not something that she, she does. That's my hope is just that once, once we're over the hump and we're going to get there, I, I want to make sure that I, I engage as much as I can as a human and just go at it full force. And I, I, I'm determined that if I get an opportunity to be a tennis broadcaster again on the other side of this, whenever that may be, and I hope to God that I do, I'm going to be the best damn broadcaster I can. I want to tell the best damn stories I possibly can on the other side. I trust in what my therapists of the past have told me. I trust in what I have learned about myself to make sure I'm a better human and I make sure that the opportunity that is given to me on the other side of this, I don't waste it. We only get one chance. So many people have lost their lives over these last few months. I'm going to take advantage of every effing second that is allotted to me after we get through this. Yeah, it definitely puts uh, it puts things on a pedestal that you once took for granted. I mean, I just saw my grandparents for the first time, um, you know, mm. and, and it's been over a month now, and to see them and they're they're doing they're doing okay, they're doing fine. It's just you know, there's just a little different glimmer in their eyes now, and yeah. you know, you get that feeling. You're like, I just I just want to just know you. You know, I'm here for you still. You know, we're still here for each other, and it's been tough. It's different. I mean, when I've you know, I I've never been. Um, I guess you, what you can call clinically depressed. I've never been diagnosed with depression, but I've had moments of deep darkness and what I've considered in my own life to be in moments like that. Um, you know, a lot of it tennis related, a lot of it related to self-worth. And it, it's difficult to see what all of this means in times like this. And I think a pandemic of this sort does put things in perspective at times because, you know, so it was... 2018 yep 2018 and um on my eighth match losing in a row i'm my eighth match in a row i lost i this is first round qualies in marbella spain so i traveled to spain i lose first round qualies though it is now pitch black there are no lights on in this club and i am just hysterically crying in this club right now and i'm like what am, what is this all worth what am i doing this for hmm. and you know it's just you start looking around and you're like, how did I get to this point? How did I lose the path so, so long gone that I can't appreciate the fact that I'm in Marbella, Spain right now and I'm living the life and I went to the casino down there with princes of whatever for fun and, you know, I got gelato. But like here I am hysterically crying thinking like I, I cannot be in a more isolated position than I am now. So for right. me, I right. think quote unquote, the sadness and, and darkness that I felt was isolation was this, I can't open up. I can't even express the words to people that I loved and people that I could express them to like yep. my girlfriend, Jamie, that wants you to fall off your chair soon. But you know, even <laughs> at that point, like I couldn't even manage, like they obviously knew that I was in a bad place, but I couldn't even articulate how I felt, how right. isolated, how worthless, how, you know, it, and it doesn't help, you know, you, you laugh and you move on and you look at your phone and you have hate mail and you're like, you know, this just, you know, you know, consolidates the fact that I'm not worth this time. I'm not, you know, yeah. so I think it does come back. 
isolation and you talking about not being worth somebody's time, I, I think has a lot in common. I think it's just this idea Correct. that why am I doing the things I'm doing when they don't make a difference for anybody or do they make a difference for anybody? I think, you know, we've dealt with that. We've luckily been there for each other at, at many points in our life. And I think that's something that, um, you know, a lot of people aren't fortunate enough to have right now. And, and I think that's where this depression, anxiety and isolation comes into play. And, you know, that's why you and I can say, Hey, you know, tweet at us and, and, and message us. But, you know, at the same point, it takes a lot to reach out. So I'm just, I'm just hoping people get the necessary help. I can tell you that, um, my, my mom specifically took me to therapy for the first time when I was 13 or 14. Um, over the years, I have had plenty of opportunities to encourage others, friends, family members to go to therapy as well. Um, and I'm thankful that I've been able to help um, kind of encourage people to do so. At the same time, um, it is hard to kind of just get over that hump, that idea of it's okay to seek help for your mental health. And that's the thing. I know, you, like I said, I, I want you to talk about kind of this, this organization you're working with right now. Um, I, I've been able to find some personal resources myself over the years um, in terms of personal therapists. You are working with a new organization to try to provide more mental health uh, opportunities for people as well. Well, uh, I've just got on the advisory board of NAMI, which has been around for about, you know, it's been actually a, a 40 years or so. They've been giving free peer-to-peer -peer counseling, you know, I mean, I mean, dr I mean, I just went to a gala about a year ago and hearing these stories, I mean heart-wrenching but also uplifting and and so I, i've gone on the board i'm just trying to spread the word because again people don't have the necessary help so people that can donate i really hope they do because it's going to people that just can't go anywhere else and need somebody to talk to and it's free and there's helplines there's emergency lines and it's on both of my instagrams on my story on behind the racket and and here it's um not so it's it's worldwide the one i'm a, a part of is obviously in new york region nami nyc um but it's a national alliance of mental illness and you know they do incredible work i mean anywhere from you know just people that have lost you know children to suicide and dealing with depression and then it goes just to dealing with anxiety and how to battle that and just having somebody to talk to again i think we're feeling this sense of you know, even though things are opening up is still this idea of when is this all going to really end? When can we be ourselves? When can we go out and hug one another? When can we just mm -hmm. be around people? Because even now we just had a, you know, a social distance party for uh, Jamie's grandmother, who's over 90 years old now. And it's just not there yet. It's not the same feeling. Yeah. It's like it's at times it's like it's almost worse because I, you know, <laughs> Here's Jamie's grandmother who can't hug her, you know, her niece or right. granddaughter or whoever. And it's tough. So, um, you know, Nami's there. Just reach out to them. And if you have the means, please donate. So it's it's incredible work. And I'm doing, you know, whatever I can to spread the word. But, you know, kind of going back to to us is um, please, you know, Mike and I are here and don't you know, we, we are dealing with our own things, but we would love to be there for you as well please reach out we're happy to help we're happy just to answer a few questions whatever the case may be to bring a smile to your faces 
Um, you know, if it's just you telling Mike that he has to pick on me more, which I'm sure is going to come up eventually. Yeah, then let's do it. But, uh, you know, it's something, you know, we're passionate about. I think we understand it and it's been highlighted in the tennis world many times for us, but at the same time, we're dealing with it on a, a personal level. I mean, you know, it started when you were 13, 14, you know, when my parents were going through divorce, it started early as well for yeah. me. I was probably far more stubborn and hard-headed and it took me a long time to get into therapy but that's that's it when did your parents go through a divorce remind me um they didn't like each other that much when i was about <laughs> nine years old and then officially like around 12 something like that so okay, yeah, yeah I was for young. me it was much much younger when i was when i was three years old i listen I, i've gone through a divorce myself uh, my parents went through a divorce your parents went through a divorce it's a normal thing, right? It's not a not a bad thing. Uh, at the same time, it is it's catastrophic for children. Um, there's just no way around that, right? So it's that's the thing. If you've been if you're a child of divorce, there are probably some things that have have gone through and happened in your life that you've probably needed some more help. Um, and and that's that's a really difficult thing. I, I know you are wanting to kind of keep these things relatively short. Let's um maybe open some things up for questions as we continue to talk and we'll try to answer some of these questions as we progress. Yeah, let me... yeah. um, the thing is like divorce hurts children quite a bit, right? There's just no way around it. Um, and, and it doesn't make you abnormal. The mental health component is totally normal to say you need some help. Um, I, I know for me, it's just that idea. Uh, we talk about self-worth, right? Like, it's pretty natural for children of divorce to feel that way because of the fact that they're just like, okay, well, my parents split up. It's got to be my fault or something along those lines. No, right? no of course. You know, it's just I not just, the case. You know, and, and you were hopping on divorce because that's two things we both went went through. But at the same yeah. time, what I've worked so hard with behind the racket, obviously, it's specifically sports. But what I'm working hard in life is the idea of normalizing, is breaking the stigma, mm -hmm. is saying, and I full heartedly believe that we're all dealing, I'm not going to say mental illness, but we're all dealing with something. I mean, that's just the yeah. plain truth. We've all gone through something that we probably haven't been able to overcome or we didn't work through properly. So we're all dealing with it. It's just a matter of yeah. how open and how embarrassed you may be about opening up about it so i think it's it's our jobs it's everybody else's jobs around us to say hey we just have to talk we have to be there for one another so obviously it's highlighted in in tennis and and you're on your own and everything and and that's one of the questions i was going to go into um but it, it becomes uh, it, it's something that everybody goes through at one point in their life and multiple times throughout their life so it's nothing to be ashamed of but to kind of go into one of the questions was talking about the mental challenges tennis players face and had, if that helps with quarantine. Um, you know, I think we're used to being lonely at times on the road, but at the same time on court, even though we can't touch each other and we are on up opposite sides, you are battling somebody. You can see the look in their eye. You can go and, and you just want to battle with them. And there is something, and we're not getting that right now. So there is this sense of isolation that we don't have this opposing force, this, this competitive opposing force battling us. It's just us against ourselves. And I think, yes, tennis players maybe deal with that more than other sports, but this is, this is new for everybody. This is you having so much time to look within yourself 
and see the demons that could be locked up and and now they're kind of spreading out so uh it, i don't think i think it helps to a certain case but we're dealing with the same thing everybody else is uh joe prodigy eng on instagram asked uh, mike i know the tour has offered some things for players in terms of a relief fund how about yourself as a broadcaster who's freelance most of the time just like players um i can't speak to what it's like over in great britain joe where i know it is well past your bedtime uh, about 12 30 right now but um for for us here as independent contractors we are now allowed to file for unemployment for the first time um Oklahoma, where I live, has still not allowed independent contractors to file for unemployment. So I've had to apply for a PPP loan, uh, payment protection plan loan. Um, so there are some resources in that regard. In terms of from the tour, I, I, I don't know that there's necessarily going to be anything forthcoming uh, for the broadcasters. I think I'm probably, Noah, maybe, I think this is probably right, right? That I'm probably one of the broadcasters that's not really well off uh, from, from other sources you know <laughs> and again i've i've given you credit for this it's you've worked your way up a lot of the other broadcasters have been ex-tennis players or this or that right. and here my cation is you know coming from the fighting illini and now he's working his way up here and you know made his way to the open he's like oh this is fun <laughs> so yes I, I think um you know it's a difficult situation this is what we're talking about the coaches are now having issues and obviously the broadcasters yeah. and you know and i and i just it's just the lack of vision at the top of the sport right now which it has been a, a detriment to what we've been dealing with but what like anybody knows watching a match with or without mike cation you know, specifically my occasion, obviously a commentator, but specifically my occasion, it's a different playing field. So there's an importance at every level and I'm hoping that they see that, but I don't know if there's going to be compensation. I have to assume not at this point because, you know, players are not even receiving compensation yet. And it's going to be a very difficult, uh, time for the next few months. So we'll see. I just don't think tennis has the resources right now. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I know, um, Mark Petchy, uh, another one of the broadcasters, um, from over in, in the UK actually uh, was talking with some people on, on Twitter as well about the idea of in terms of just making things happen again, since the sponsors are going to be kind of taking, you know, it's going to be very hard for the sponsors to sponsor tournaments at the same level might be up to the players to start decreasing what their, their prize money is to make sure that the tennis infrastructure continues for a little bit. Um, it's going to be a really difficult time whenever tennis does come back. I know there's also talk about the U.S. Open coming back to Indian Wells in August and September, which is, again, stunning. I would love for it to happen. I think you would as well, even though it's you know away from home for you. Maybe that's a blessing for you to not actually have to play in New York City for once. But I, I think, you know, going back to kind of that point about mental health, right? Like, here we are, all of us dealing with so many different mental health struggles, physical struggles, personal struggles, whatever it may be, as we come through and are dealing with this quarantine. I think the big thing for me and the big thing I keep trying to stress to myself, as well as to my friends, to my family, we can come through it on the other side much stronger. We have that capability personally, society, all, all of that. We have the capability of just being much stronger. It is up to each individual to just take it upon themselves to embrace the moment, embrace the challenge, 
some days I fail at that. Some days I succeed. Um, today, it's a day by day thing, right? Today to, I succeeded. Yeah. You have to control today the I things succeeded. you can't control. Exactly right. And I'm proud of to, how I handled today. Tomorrow I might fail. Tomorrow I might succeed, but I have that choice, right? Um, and that's the thing about mental health. It is a long-term process with very short-term pains and struggles as well. Um, and, and the biggest thing you can do is just make sure you're taking care of yourself in whatever way that is, whether it be talking to somebody, whether that be taking some medication, whether that be meditating, whether, whether that be competing in some way, shape, or form with people you love. There are so many different ways that you can take care of your own mental health. Explore those to every possible way right now because it is the most crucial that you survive this mentally because on the other side, we do have this opportunity to take advantage of what's given to us, opportunity to embrace life, this one life we're given, um, and, and hopefully you know, you and I will um, get to talk shit to each other um, very soon because that's, you know, that's what I miss. <laughs> that was very eloquently said. Um, you know, I, I just want to thank you, Mike. I've always applauded you for everything you've been through and everything you've done for the players. You've always been there. And, you know, it's remarkable that you go through your own demons, but you're still there for the players. So we all thank you. I thank you. I miss you. And, you know, we'll definitely see you soon. Um, it is it is the thing I I take and the most pride in Noah that I have, I, I think, and I'm going to get actually emotional about this. So I apologize. I think one of the things I've taken the most pride in over the years is it's not the broadcasting, right? Like I, I I'm okay. I'm all right. As a broadcaster, I have my strengths and weaknesses just like everybody else. I take incredible pride at the idea that enough of you guys as players treat me as somebody who that they can talk to. It is a dark, dark, difficult road at the challenger level. I, I am thankful for the opportunity to be there in so much, in many ways, like an older brother um, for, for so many of you guys. And I miss that. I have so many, I could tell so many stories, which I won't because, you know, I, I, they've been <laughs> spoken to me in confidence, but just this idea of people talking to me because they needed somebody to talk to because they trusted me with their emotions in that moment. And I'm, I miss that and I'm thankful for that. And I hope that I get to do that again someday down the road because it means the world to me. And I miss you guys immensely, um, even you. Um, I, I miss more, more people other than you, um, <laughs> but I miss that. And I really hope that there is a time soon on the other side of this, um, that we're, we're going to have, have some really cool moments. So I, I hope that that happens pretty soon. Yeah. I think, you know, once those moments come, we're going to, uh, take a second to let them sink in a little bit more than, than in the past, but there's light at the end, or at the end of the tunnel. And I'm excited to see. Um, where we all end up there. But, you know, I want to thank everybody who's been a part of this. Um, you know, this is just the beginning of this mental health week. But Mike and I, you know, Mike was the perfect person to start us off. He's transparent. You know, he's professional and the things he's done for the sport 
are definitely overlooked and you know we've respected everything so we appreciate everything you've done mike and there's going to be more to come so also just know everybody that's listening there is a way to reach out just just be a part of it reach out to us talk to us you can do it you're not alone um and if you don't want to talk to us go to nami um n-a-m-i dot org you could find it on google anywhere just there's people to talk to just know you're not alone and and that's it yeah. Thank you, Mike. Um, yeah, yeah, thank, thank you, you, Noah. And I, uh, all kidding aside, I, I think it's, I, I've been lucky to witness your journey along this this last year uh, in, in terms of the mental health side. And I, I think it's great what you're doing. And I'm looking forward to watching some of the broadcast for the rest of the week. Okay. Thanks for all for coming, guys. And uh, we'll be on tomorrow. Look out for us. And this podcast will be live tomorrow as well. Have a good one, Mike. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, everybody, for coming again. Uh, Mike Cation, obviously, outstanding guy, even though he screws me all the time and messes. But, you know, we miss that. We miss that. So, again, you're not alone. You're a part of this. Uh, we'll have lives every day this week between coaches and players and uh, sports performance and therapy. Just opening up the conversation. No, you're not alone. Go to NAMI. Um, they'll help as well. And, you know, just reach out if you need somebody to talk to. Have a good one, guys. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.